Here's today's God Heals Hurting Marriages with Charlene Steinkamp. Hi, it's Lori. Today we're going to do things a little bit differently as I'm going to turn the tables on my mom and I'm going to be the one asking her the questions today. You have shared in the past about your own personal testimony and how the Lord spoke to you to stand for marriage restoration. You would have what would definitely be referred to as a sudden restoration. One day you started your day off as a divorced woman, and that night you went to bed as a woman who had received her miracle and was remarried. Talk to us about those early days of restoration. What did those first days look like? There's so many awesome memories of that week and so many events, but there was also a lot of emotions that were going on with myself, praying uh, without ceasing because this was not a planned return home. And in fact, it was not a planned event that Bob was going to be marrying me. When he came home late that afternoon after our celebration and all that we had, he came home and had to call the other person. And at that time, I knew reality was really was happening. And when I wanted to go in the room and listen to what he was going to say to the other woman, that's where he says, I have to do this alone. And you've got to trust me and shut the door. And I realized at that very moment, I said, Lord, you brought him home. But now this is a road of unknown. I knew that that moment I had to choose whether to zip my lips or debate my husband or reason with him that let me in. And I chose to be silent. As I know, the Holy Spirit basically said, hush, I brought him home. Now you need to trust me on rebuilding the marriage and trust my husband. And let me go and tell you just a little bit further about that week because Bob was very excited and he told me when he laid in the bed that night that he had never had such peace in sleeping and all the next morning. He just said, it is so different. You'll never, never understand that I never had peace when I was away from home. But he appeared in every way, in every word he spoke, that he was the most happiest man alive. That week, Bob surprised me to plan a cruise for our honeymoon that of getting remarried, where in fact that we did not have a honeymoon at our very first marriage due to a hurricane that came in. And for him to think of that, I knew God was touching and changing his heart and speaking to him because that was a gift that I was stunned to even receive, and it was a blessing from God, and it was something that we could have fun on and get start to rebuild on our marriage with a three-day weekend uh, cruise. So that was huge. The other element of what we had to deal with is that he was living two hours away. He left Sunday night to go back to his home and he was having to then work with his employer to figure out how he could transition to permanently live with us. As it turned out, the employer requested uh, 
two to three months for him to stay there and transition and hire another employee and so forth for what he was doing. So he came home every weekend, and that is how we worked it out to see the kids and I. The enemy instantly put fear upon me to say, remember all what he has been doing up there with other women at, at his apartment complex, and uh, that easily the other woman could come up there in the week times if he wanted to. Anything could happen. I had a choice, and I had to totally let go, let God deal with my husband. He orchestrated this wedding and this surprise, um, getting a license and all the how it happened, us getting remarried suddenly, instantly, that I said, Lord, I am going to trust you because this looks like the temptations could be so great for him and what he's doing. And the Lord just kept reiterating to me that I brought him home. I had him marry you. You must trust me totally, completely. And that's what I did. I kept saying to the devil, and I prayed scriptures of protections around him, and I prayed scriptures of having Bob not be tempted and he constantly was very good in communicating, and we worked on it very well as a team. And yes, he honestly told me more than once, I never thought I would get married. I never thought we would come home like this. But he says, I'm glad I'm coming home, and I'm glad I'm coming home on the weekends. So we were excited, but we were trying to walk together with the circumstances that we had and protect our marriage and, and do it together and not in anger or bitterness or be suspicious of every moment he was up there alone. I must tell you that throughout my standing and throughout my rest of my life up to present, I stand on the promises of God. I heard yesterday from Max Licato that he's written a new book that's called Unshakable Hope. He said that there are 7,000 promises that we can stand on and pray for ourselves and for our different situations. And he says if we go through a crisis, we need to understand that we need to turn to the word and stand on the promises from God. And he said, I'm a pastor at a church, and he says, I hear all this despair but they never speak about God's word. And that's what made me write this book. And that's what I did. I turned from all my standing and all my marriage problems, and I started standing on the promises of God. One of the promises or one of the scriptures that God gave me when I was standing was the book of Hosea. And many of our men and women have found Hosea and have written to us and said, do you know if Hosea can be used for us. And I say, oh, I found that when I was standing, and it's awesome. The whole book would be good for you to read. And this is Hosea praying for his wife to return home. Hosea 2, 6, and 7 says, Therefore I will block her path with thorn bushes. I will wall her in so that she cannot find her way. She will chase after her lovers, but not catch them. She will look for them, but not find them. Then she will say, I will go back to my husband or spouse as at first, for then I was better off than I am now. 
And that is what I really thought of when Bob was gone. Those are one of the scriptures I prayed. And then this is another scripture I want to share with you today for you for right now. It's Hosea's reconciliation with his wife. Hosea chapter 3 verse 1 says, The Lord said to me, Go show your love to your wife again, though she is loved by another and is an adulteress. Love her as the Lord loves the Israelites, though they turn to other gods and love the sacred raisin cakes. So I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and about a homer and a lethal of barley. He was told to love her, even though she may appear unlovable to the world and to your friends. But God wanted Hosea to bring her home as she was. He was going to cleanse her and remove all the sin from her afterwards. And let me take the word trust that I mentioned, and I would take you to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not onto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. So I trusted God for Bob, and with all my heart, leaning onto my own understanding of what Bob was doing up all the five weekdays, and knowing that I was trusting him that he would touch Bob and I and make our paths straight to make it a, a marriage built on love and trust. Did you have a moment, or did Dad have a moment, in those first few days afterwards where you said, what have I done? Off and on through our reconciliation, when Bob had the enemy tempting and tormenting his mind with lies, Bob would often say to me, you need to pray for me because I keep thinking, what have I done? The morning he got up out of bed, the day after, he says, I had the best night's sleep but I think, what have I done? We have not planned. We did not prepare this. I have all, my whole life is another life that you don't even know about. And I can't even believe that God spoke to me. I am so shocked what he did and said. But he had a lot of fear of how he was going to bring the process of him coming back home. He was so passionate about the things that he experienced in those first days afterwards that years later he wrote a book on that topic exclusively called Finding the Way Home where he went into detail not for the person standing and praying for restoration but for the prodigal helping them understand how you reacclimate to family life helping them understand how you leave that adulterous relationship helping them understand how to move from a life of sin into a life that you want with your spouse. And that's a great book that he really gets honest with people on the things that he was experiencing at that time as well. When he did return home, we did have the other woman appear again and start following him, going to his place of work, asking him to help her with her children who uh, had gotten close to him. She was using every trick and every circumstance to say she needed help, and at least you can at least help me. The first time that Bob came home one evening and said, tonight we need to talk, he then told me what happened that day with seeing her. 
And I did not react probably instantly perfectly because I was in shock that she would ever even consider doing that. So we realized that we had an issue. And then as it happened again, he made um, an agreement with me. And we both agreed that the way we would handle it is that I would be his accountability uh, partner and not react, but pray for him and that he would handle everything perfectly. From that point on, he always came home, would tell me if he had contact with her, and then tell me the story, and then we would then pray about it and pray that she would uh, be removed. And I prayed a lot with putting a hedge of thorn bushes around her, and she would be removed uh, from the situation. How long did it take after your remarriage before that contact stopped? It was six months. She didn't do it consistently, but off and on to the point that at six months, Bob said to me, I don't know if this is going to work out. And he said, um, I need to talk to somebody. And I said, great, let's go for counseling. And he goes, no, I need to go by myself uh, and deal with this. So we had it gone to a counselor, and I recommend them for you to work with your pastor or somebody or have your husband or wife have a, a counselor to walk them through this process of coming home if need be. And he went to the counselor, and I knew the counselor. He knew me as we'd gone counseling. And he knew exactly what to tell Bob to do. He says, this is not of God. This is all of the devil of trying to destroy your marriage, restoration. And he says, either I will pick up the phone or you're going to today and say she can never, ever contact you ever again or you will put a restraining order on her. And you will also throw out anything that you've hidden about any pictures, anything that you still may have in that house that you can find, throw everything out about that entire relationship, any gifts that she's given. And he says, if you can't make that phone call, then let me make it, and we will sever that relationship. So Bob did it, and it was 100% better. And that was the last six months was fantastic. God moved mightily. During this process, don't overreact. Don't let the enemy speak a lot of negativity to you that it's not working. Even if there is a failing that happens that time, do not give up on your spouse that God has brought in home. Open the doors and pray for him and love him through this separation of severing those soul ties and removing all the emotions that they have built up. You know, there is a lot of emotions, and the longer they've been with that person, we have to pray that God is going to sever, cut, and destroy all those memories. Pray all the memories be erased from his mind, and that God reminds him or her of all the memories that he has or she has with your children, with your family members, and start making new memories and have fun on the weekends, doing anything. Because Bob and the other woman combined their children on the weekends. They were together. And they made memories, and we had to replace them with more positive memories. So 
And the church really supported Bob tremendously. And that is what you want to pray, that your husband or wife will go to church and build this all on the solid foundation of our Lord Jesus Christ. It took many years for your marriage to fall apart, and you have to rebuild your marriage again, brick by brick. Be patient, be loving, unconditionally loving your spouse. So once he moved back to the house and you were together permanently, the other person was out of the picture, so that was no longer an issue. It was time for you to be a married couple again, parenting, joining your finances, doing everything that couples do as a husband and wife, taking care of the chores around the house. How did you reacclimate? Did it go smoothly or did you hit bumps in the road adjusting to being a husband and wife under one roof again? Lori, I'm thrilled you asked that question because most people don't know all the details. But Bob was battling fear that we would go back into our old habits and our old lifestyle and that I had not totally changed forever. And so he always was questioning. So due to the doubt and unbelief that he had that I had changed totally and that could he uh, be different, could he not be tempted and fall into a trap of committing adultery again, his lack of faith of what God was going to do in his heart and life. When he moved back in, in the three months, he said to me, I know I remarried you. I know God spoke to me, but I want to get a warehouse and I want to keep everything that I have because I had to spend a lot of money. He wanted to keep in his entire apartment of everything in a warehouse. In fact, he said, I love you. I, I trust you but I still don't believe that our marriage can be restored. So he says, since you've got your checking account, I've got my checking account, I've got my bills, you've got your bills, I'll give you so much money for the house and everything now. We and sat down and we agreed financially that it would be fair for him and for me. And so I chose to accept his conditions because I know the Lord brought him home, and I knew he knew what he was going to say. And I said, I will accept the conditions, and I'm going to trust God to remove the fear that he was having that our marriage was not going to be like it was, but it was going to be totally transformed by our Lord God. So you expected to be remarried, conquer the hurdle of him living two hours away, then you conquered the hurdle of the other person and the contact, and now we're ready to start the honeymoon phase of this next part of marriage, and he wants to keep himself separate by having separate finances. He wants to have a safety net of keeping his furniture in storage in case this falls apart so he would have a place to fall to. How did that make you feel? It made me feel that at any moment I could come home and he might not be here if something happened. That's when my faith and my growing up spiritually even more was applying all that I had learned while Bob was gone was to totally lean on the Lord and not speak my fear to my husband 
and just go in the prayer closet and pray to God saying, Lord, what am I supposed to do? And he says, love your spouse unconditionally and trust me. This is why standing is forever. You need to understand the enemy is out to steal, kill, and destroy your marriage throughout your life till the day you die. There's many ways that spouses come home. They come home and they are totally repentant. I know of one couple where the husband came home. He came down here and thanked us for all that his wife had done. And he even wrote letters to all the people that he had wounded in church and had tried to help him, and he rejected them. Bob was still not there yet. Bob was going to church. He openly, the Holy Spirit, touched him when our pastor on a Sunday morning said, does anybody want to share a testimony? Right after Bob came home, Bob was very repentant, and he stood up and he says, I want to thank everybody that prayed and supported my wife and children while I was a prodigal. And uh, he talked and cried, and the pastor stopped the service and brought Bob up to the front, and he says, men, women, prayer warriors, I want you to come up, and we're going to pray for Bob and Charlene. Come up. I want to pray for your marriage. And that is how we started our marriage. God knew what he was going to do with us in the future. I didn't, and nor did Bob. And that is where I had to choose when Bob came home. He had one foot in the prodigal world of what he had and one foot in the marriage of loving it and loving having the kids be around and be able to be part of the, the adjustment. But it was a process. And some of you will not go through that process, but some of you will go through a process. And once your way that your marriage will have huge marriage problems again is that if you stop praying, you stop putting on the armor of God every day on your family for the rest of your life, put the hedge of protection, the blood of Jesus over them, once your way is that you stop reading your Bible, you stop being on fire with the Lord personally, have that personal relationship with the Lord and with your children, you need to not have a marriage restored and go back into a rut or have the enemy steal that you do not have time. And that's what I hear now all the time is restored marriages, five years, seven years, 10 years, will have a marriage problem because the standard stopped praying and believing that the marriage was just going to be fine. We have to pray for all marriages. I believe that's our call on our lives, for all marriages to be all what they should be. Don't give up on praying for God's best in your marriage. And when you're there, thank the Lord and keep praying for your children, your husband, and for all what God wants you to be. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. I know that there was a lot of details that were given today that have never been heard before. And there's so much more to this conversation that we're gonna take a break and we're gonna resume this talk next week on a second podcast. So I hope you'll make a priority to join us and to listen to it. Check your inbox and you will get an email that will remind you when it's been published. And let me close us in prayer today. 
Father, I thank you for the stories that have been told today. They're not stories of a fictional account, but they're real life stories of things that have happened and the way you used what the enemy tried to use for your glory. I thank you for the obedience of two people to be willing to admit their faults and to have a marriage restored. And I pray for each and every person that's listening to this recording. I pray that they would be able to get to the point in their journey that their restoration would come. I pray that you would go after those spouses today who have walked away from these homes and that you would just impress on their hearts that what they're doing is wrong. I pray that they would have a desire to go back to their husband or their wife and to talk about restoration, to talk about the problems that led to this point. And I pray that there would be healing that would come to these families. Father, thank you for Rejoice Marriage Ministries. Thank you for the many men and women who support this ministry to make everything that is done possible. And I pray that you would bless them for their efforts. I pray that you would just bring healing to home after home because of the many people who give. In your name, amen. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages. Divorce strikes families around the world, often with little notice. You can help us minister to these families with your financial gift. Visit RejoiceMinistries.org and help us teach men and women what Jesus can do for their hurting family.